Hey, potential podcast listeners, let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in discreet packaging. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. These results are reviewed by a clinician, and a member of the Let's Get Checked nursing team may call you to review your results. And Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So, if you want to avoid an uncomfortable office visit or prefer the convenience and get tested at home, visit trylgc.com potential and get 25% off your test using code POTENTIAL25. Once again, that's 25% off your test by going to trylgc.com potential using the promo code POTENTIAL25. Take charge of your physical health and well-being, and let's get checked. Reviewing the latest in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more, this is Potential Picks. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by my co-host and fellow member of the Justice League, Taylor Sokol. Today we're reviewing the latest DCEU film, one of the last, The Flash. This comes from a screenplay by Christina Hodson and directed by Andy Muschietti. This is the long, long, we've been waiting, long, long, long time waiting for this Flash movie to finally come out. And uh, there's been a lot of hurdles, a lot of stuff going on. And we're going to say, first and foremost, this is not going to be the podcast where we discuss any of the actions uh, done by Ezra Miller. Obviously, we don't condone their actions, but we are here on an entertainment and nerdy podcast to just discuss the product of the film itself. And that is what we plan to do. So set aside any of that. That's not what we're here to talk about. But uh, we will be discussing spoilers. Spoiler warning. So obviously, if you've not seen the film, uh, go see it. It's fantastic. And come back and listen to our review. So, Taylor, what is the brief synopsis of The Flash? And then let's race into it. In the film The Flash, Barry travels back in time to prevent his mother's death, uh, which ends up bringing unintended consequences for his and other timelines. So we're following this Flash. He's kind of a veteran now. He's um, already kind of partnered with the Justice League. And um, yeah, as, as you said, Chris, you know, this is kind of the last of the DCEU. So this film was was excited, but also a bittersweet dread, knowing that this may be the last kind of connective tissue. You know, what's up in the air if we're going to have anything connected to the other ones. But we're excited for the ride. Now, I myself... Um, more of a Marvel fan, but of the DC comics, one of my favorite storylines is Flashpoint. And this is what it's kind of based off of is the story of in that Barry's rival, you know, the reverse Flash, um, he had killed his mother. So he goes back to prevent his mother's death and it ends up 
causing the same thing, a different kind of timeline that he's, you know, there. But because of, I think, you know, Chris and I discuss a lot of limitations with what they were allowed to with Warner Brothers and what has happened before in this kind of a mess of we call the, the extended universe, they couldn't really adapt fully to that storyline. So I'm not going to go into the details of that comic. If you'd like, hey, go check out that comic or even go on HBO Max or Max and you can watch Flashpoint Paradox. But yeah, jumping right in this, I was very excited and nervous, but I will tell you, this is one heck of a ride. Um, you know, Ezra Miller is you know, the focal point of this film and for not having, this is really kind of his own solo movie. Um, he does just such a great job just capturing the spirit of who Barry Allen is, who is the flash and um, you know, especially carrying kind of the emotional weight of this film does a really great job. Yeah. I mean, you could take away from this, a lot of heart, a lot of humor and some great action. And it's almost, it almost serves now like a, what if kind of uh, a film being that we really don't think, much of this is going to exist uh, moving forward into the new DCU. They're uh, cutting off the E there. Good move, James. Um, so, uh, but the film itself, you know, with Michael Keaton coming back, that was a huge uh, marketing pull. Obviously, the man has gone on every talk show for years, and it doesn't matter what movie he's promoting. At some point, he'll be like, and don't don't forget, kids, I'm Batman. It's like we know he's definitely embraced the role. Like for many people, like he will always go back and refer to that, like the excitement of playing that character. And of course we were bummed with the cancellation of Batgirl because he was going to be in flashback scenes as Bruce Wayne slash Batman, that training Batgirl. Um, and we saw some imagery with him in the costume. So we knew at least we're getting the flash. And again, with all the stuff that's happened the last you know several years, there was a good chance that Warner Bros. would just cancel this movie. Glad mm -hmm. they didn't. Um, I see why they were they were needing to push it out into theaters. So kind of similar to some scenes we've had with Justice League, we do get this kind of great opening action sequence. And I was very happy to have Batfleck back. We do have Ben Affleck back uh, <laughs> as Bruce Wayne and Batman. And we have this whole kind of bank robbery heist going on with Falcone's men. And they did this really clever thing where, if you remember that Barry Allen has to eat an intense amount of food because... He runs on such high energy. So he has to constantly eating. He's low energy. He's getting his favorite breakfast. But the person, the barista is not the usual barista. So we get this slow, kind of talkative guy. And so, of course, with him being able to go to super speed, he's getting this call from Bruce Wayne that, you know, from Alfred, there's this whole attack going on in Gotham City. Mind you, he's not in Gotham City. So what I really appreciated was they did this whole opening bit with him running from his city to Gotham and it was a fun, like, him fast traveling through, like, the mountains, the hills, over lakes. Like, he has to go quite a bit of a, a journey. And it was a fun, like, you know, they're playing a rock song. And it's just like, here we go. So he gets into Gotham, and there's this whole hospital wing that's being damaged. And so he has to kind of, like, clean up the mess. And they even comment, like, he's like, I feel like I'm the janitor for the Justice League. I'm always <laughs> yeah. having to clean up the mess. And it always <laughs> happens to be Batman. Why is it always a Batman thing? Again, a lot of this movie ties to Batman for more reasons than ones we'll get into later. But the um, this whole opening sequence where we have these, we have like eight babies who are up in this baby wing and they're all being bro broken out into the air because the building is collapsing and him having to go in a slow-mo to save them. It was a funny gag. I'll give him that. But 
this movie has had a lot of commentary on the CGI uh, being poor in many areas for such a high budget film. 200 to 250 million they spent on this thing. I definitely noticed it here the most. This was the scene that for me, I was like, yikes. I mean, I don't know how hard it is to animate babies, but they looked so fake. And yeah. it did pull me out of the scene a little bit, even though it was funny. Um, I thought that the humor was there when he was like grabbing a lot of food and stuff, but that was a little wonky for me. But it was a great opening scene. And the better part of it to me was uh, Ben Affleck. His kind of Batman action although very brief, was badass. And it kind of made me miss the you know, stuff he did like in Batman versus Superman and yeah. Justice League. And again, you just think of what could have been had none of the drama and shit gone down with DC. He could have directed his own Batman film and with, you know, we were going to have, uh, what's his name? Uh, Robin Nightwing? Well, no, Nightwing, but... um. Deathstroke was you know supposed to be the bad guy. Oh yeah, no, yeah, Joe uh, Magnello was supposed to be Magnello because, was supposed yeah. to be a bad guy. More of a tough kind of fighter movie as opposed to maybe these bigger, larger, especially life playing a grizzled older Batman because yeah. this is the first time we had like a seasoned Batman of all the films. Um, even mm-hmm. even since since um, yeah since Keaton originally donned the the mask. So, yeah, so what what could have been? I would have liked to see more just a solo bat flick for sure. Um, but we did again. We have we do get we do get a dumb. This is like now her. This is like her bit now. She's just gonna pop up in every movie, or she's just gonna have a cameo it. in every film. <laughs> uh, Gal Gadot comes in once again to save the day, just like she did in Shazam: Fear of the Gods. She just pops up for a quick moment um, to save Bruce, who's uh, got Falcone's son dangling over this bridge, and uh, you know. But they, there was a funny little humor bit with the the Lasso rope, truth, obviously, yeah. Lasso of Truth. So he's like. I mask my emotions by dressing up like a bat because I'm you might. And so it was kind of a funny little bit. And Barry touches it and he goes like, I know what sex is, but I've never experienced it or something like that. That's so funny. Um, but um, Barry goes back to his home. Or at least the home that his he grew up in. And again, this is this is all happening like the day before his father's uh, next court case is going on. Um, you know, the appeal for. You know, his father's been in jail now for a while for they think that he killed his mother way back when. Yeah. And this whole time, even through Justice League and stuff, they've been having this storyline of Barry needs to prove that his dad is innocent. So this is going to be a huge movie for that as well. And we see a little bit of flashback of like what happened of like his dad was out getting the can of tomatoes that his mom needed. And some point in him coming back, he gets stabbed or the mom gets stabbed. Yeah. And it's like, you know, Barry, go call the police. And he's freaking out. And then we see kind of the which is kind of a shame because in the comics, like, I mean, there's there's no tease or what who who committed the murder. True. Now, this is the sad thing of we're going to do a little tangent here for a second. Yeah. If this movie actually did well enough, which unfortunately it's not going to that they would do a flash sequel. Andy Muschietti has teased that he would make it that reverse flash did kill the mom. And this was mm-hmm. all, you know, an ongoing timeline. Um, so, yes, they never show who did kill the mom. Uh, so that does kind of leave it up to a little bit of your imagination, I guess. Yeah. But this does start building the blocks to, you know, at one point out of like anger and frustration of thinking about the past, Barry starts super running 
and he runs so fast, he actually discovers this new kind of time travel zone, if you will. Mm -hmm. And he starts to see all these moments of just what happened with the babies and with Brat, you know, Batman. And he's like, Oh wait, if I run fast enough, I actually can go back in time. And so it starts getting his brain working of, I can actually save her. And you know, why wouldn't you? He's lived yeah. with his mom now for a long time. This has obviously been a huge pivotal point of his life. And he connects with Batman about it. Obviously Bruce Wayne lost his parents when he was young. We all know the story. I've seen it a thousand times. But I liked what Bruce said. He said, look, some scars are meant to heal. They make us who we are. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, if Bruce Wayne's parents never got killed when he was a kid, he never would become Batman. That never would have been his legacy. Yeah. And sometimes, we see it all the time in superhero lore, sometimes a parent's or a close one's death is what kind of serves that mm -hmm. purpose to to become a hero. You You become more than what your battle scars are. You then go so that people don't suffer the same fate you do. Yeah, and yeah, so he's kind of left with this, you know. Yeah, you're you're kind of right, but he during this time he reconnects with big love interest from the comics, Iris West, who he went to college with, and um, we get a really nice little bit of uh, humor with them where they get to meet up, and she connects with him about his father's case, and she's a reporter. And then he gets this idea, well, I could go back without causing too much of a ripple. And that's the, that's the big premise is like, if you go back and make too much of a mess, you would change everything. So he's like, well, I'll just simply like make sure she doesn't forget the tomatoes. And so he goes back, fix, fixes that. And he's like, okay, well, I'm going to go back. And as he's going back in time, which I, I kind of got frustrated, the time travel sequences, I, I could kind of like forgive that but i feel like it would be better if they show like clips or something like that it was kind of like very like again it was CGI. animated so weird it's yeah um, again that was the cgi i noticed from the babies to that it just kind of threw me it was a little weird looking i just I, I was like would it have been that much harder to just make the actual faces just multiplied or do little scenes like you or know scenes? especially with the actress yeah. like oh going back in time seeing all my 10th birthday just like record like do a quick little thing like in and out i don't know because it reminded me of like a weird kaleidoscope of just people, but they were all really fake looking, like yeah. Polar Express fake looking. And the reason I'm I'm giving a hard time because I was a I was a fan of the Flash series, and they show time travel where he's in this little vortex, and he sees scenes of like time. And I thought, okay, that that works for me. It just it just threw me off. Um, he's seeing everything unfold, and next thing you see this weird. Uh, other speedster or something that like attacks yeah, he him. He sees a little uh, purple kind of lightning uh, orb open up and this other creepy being um, starts running towards him and pushes him into out of the time vortex. So he, he lands and he's like, where the hell am I? And he sees his house and he walks in and he sees his mom there and mom's like, oh my gosh. Honey, you cut your hair. It looks so much better. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's just fresh. And, you know, he starts having dinner. And the dad goes, so how's school this week? And he's like, school? Oh, uh-huh. And then he notices his, like, 18-year-old self coming up the street. And he's like, oh, crap. So this is where we get two berries. He's realized now he's been pushed back to, a, you know, years before, before he even became the Flash. And so now this is where a lot of the humor came in. Obviously, this is very elements of Back to the Future where 
we're seeing obviously Barry is obnoxious and he's very funny because he's young and dumb and he doesn't understand this time travel stuff. The older Barry is having to now kind of mentor him. Which is kind of great for the him. audience. It's a way to like explain the time travel elements and almost yeah. kind of give the Flash origin story without having to do a whole Flash origin movie. So we have this humor now with the young Barry, the two Barrys, and he's realizing, oh, this is going to be, you know, I, I need to figure out how to get back to my time. And, but then he starts noticing weird things. And first one big thing is uh, Big Bad Zod's back. And he's like, wait a minute, this can't be possible because in his timeline, Zod is dead. Superman killed him. This whole attack on Earth already happened. And he's like, oh, so this isn't happening. And he's, he's, you know, we see the message, Michael Shannon, you know, like, you guys are hosting one of our own, and if you do this, then you know we'll we'll we come in peace. Blah blah blah. So he's, like, he's looking for Superman. And the other thing that that was a really brilliant bit of humor is Barry's roommates are all like, which is funny. It's like in this timeline, they're friends of his. That in his other timeline, he's like kind of not really friends with at work. You know? He's yeah. Like, well, your roommates? And they're like, you know, like Back to the Future. He's like, oh yeah, Eric Stoltz is so great. He's like, you mean Michael J. Fox? He's like. No, Eric Stoltz. And he starts to realize, oh, by doing what he did, he literally is in a whole different time. Yep. Eric Stoltz is a star of, you know, Back to the Future. Uh, and then they start doing funny bits of like other actors who are starring like like in different movies. He's like, these are not the actors that start in my world. So he starts to put the pieces together. Of, like who exists? He's like, well, there's Wonder Woman. It's like, there's no Wonder Woman. There's no Aquaman. Nope. And then it's only until they say Batman and they're like, oh, I'm Batman. He's like, Batman exists in this world? He's like, of course. So they go off to find Batman. I will say one thing that was a little cheesy was like, we we should go find Batman. And they just know exactly where his manor is. Yeah. I was like, if this is a whole different world in time, it should be pretty hard to find Bruce Wayne's manor. But they just like walk up like in a taxi. They're like, can you take me to uh, Bruce Wayne's mansion? Oh, of course. Uh, I wonder what that Uber ride, that taxi ride was like. <laughs> The conversation. Um, this is where we get uh Michael Keane. Obviously, um, it's fun. He's kind of a haggard, long-haired, like you know, clearly he longs for the old days, but he's just kind of found a peace, I guess. With Gotham, doesn't need him anymore. This is where the this is where the world is right now. Yeah, a reality Gotham where is, Gotham is safe. Yeah. That's that's something. And uh, we do have this. You know, prior to this, Barry does try to, the older Barry tries to make sure the younger Barry will get his powers. Because again, that time paradox, he's like, if I never got my powers, I never had the ability to go back in time. If I'm doing this, then I'll get stuck here. Again, these time travel movies where it's like, you know, with Endgame and the stuff we saw more like, if you go back to the past, it's still your new future. It's not like you're changing the past. But anyway, they do that experiment and Barry actually loses his powers. And now the younger Barry has the powers which was really funny to watch. I mean, that scene when he's like trying to run around the, the little laboratory and he's just running <laughs> in the high squeak. I mean, a lot of people have, you know, talked about Ezra Miller's running. I think it's really funny the way it works for the flash, but now the younger Barry has it. And of course all these hijinks ensue of him using the abilities. He keeps frying his clothes. He's just naked all the time and, and yeah. causing, you know, Andy Muschietti really did well with the humor in this film of, kind of looney tunes kind of bonkers with some of the action with yeah the, you know with the funny but bruce wayne they're trying to figure out how how can they 
redo this experiment so that our older bear will get his powers. But they're also like, we need to find Superman. And Bruce Wayne kind of comes to, you know, he connects with this kid of obviously he's like, why would you want to, if you could travel at any time, why would you want to save, you know, what's what's so important? He's like, this is the one where my mom survives, where my mom lives. So yeah. we, we have this connection again with Batman, why he became Batman, his loss of his parents, and Barry, he didn't be come to flash because of his mom, but maybe that time connection all, you know, this is the timeline that pans out that if, if he never loses his mom, perhaps he never becomes the flash. And they discover that there is, you know, Bruce kind of helps out with like, Oh, there is some, you know, they kind of pinpoint where this bean might be yeah, where they think Superman is. And mind you this whole time too, Older Barry has not told younger Barry that the whole reason why this happened is because he's trying to save his mom from dying. Yeah. So the younger Barry hears this. We see mm-hmm. him hearing it, and he's, you know, there's a little conflict there. We go to Russia. This whole sequence was fantastic. This oh, yeah. is Batman being badass. I mean, this is giving us Michael Keaton like we've never seen him before. You mm-hmm. know, they were not able to do this kind of action in when Tim Burton directed the first two films. And with the Batmobile, I feel like this was a very big homage. Like, let's, let's, this is eye candy for, for Batman. Um, and again, a lot of humor. Like, I was cracking up when they first get into this, this like underground kind of, you know, lair and they're going down this huge ladder. And then, like, they're trying to be sneaky. And Barry just like runs into a bucket and then, like, a shovel falls. And then, like, something like just the humor of like noises was so great but this is where we get to meet not superman but supergirl this was a very cool obviously they tease us in the, the trailers but we do not meet kal-el we meet his cousin which is very exciting yeah kara kara's Cara. um yeah and w- which is a big part of the the comics that she comes she was sent to protect kal-el and this universe though he never makes it and it's her who makes there so we get a great sequence um, of them uh, escaping and um, once they get out their corner, but we know that uh, any Kryptonian who has the sun on earth, they get the powers. And then we have this great scene where she's just going ham on these Russian soldiers. And it's, it's really good. I mean, this is like, again, showing the full might. And I think that's what like man of steel and whatnot, that the new kind of superhero movies have shown the power of like what, what like, they could really do Tonians can really do some damage oh yeah like, so this was really great and um they um you know they save her they get back to the mansion and you know she's of course even though she's friendly with them because they saved her she's pretty like i have no love for humanity i literally got here and i was put in a hole and just locked away so yeah i'm not going to help you you know with zod so she kind of she kind of flies off and then they um they're like well I need to recreate this experiment because it's only you and younger Barry and there's no other ones to help us. That was our one shot. So, um, and this is right from the comics where Batman helps him kind of get his powers back and this kind of makeshift Frankensteinian kind of thing, yeah. uh, which is great. And um, doesn't work. He's like literally near death. And then um, we get this great scene, which this is a, you know, and Chris and I, we get to see the, the inaugural debut of the D- DCEU. 
when we saw Man of Steel. And we we have to say, Michael Shannon, we loved him as Zod. He did a really great job job of the intensity, and there was a lot of depth to the Zod. It's like, you know, he's a so- soldier without you know homeworld and trying to rebuild. And so there's a lot of great scenes between him and Cal Out Superman. So we do get Michael Shannon back, although we just it, there's not a lot of great heavy dialogue scenes with no. him, which is which is a shame. And he's actually been vocal, like he's like, well, I was okay to do this, but I mean, it really was, you know, wasn't it was as fulfilling. Like, it was as kind of a waste was. of time. It was kind of yeah. just, you know, and I, I and I get that because he was. I'm just an obstacle to to face. Yeah, he's not not truly the he's not the true villain of this film, um, but he's an obstacle face, and they do do this experiment. It doesn't work right away, but then. Because Kara sees that, you know, the, the Kryptonians are not meant to be uh, people of war. Uh, you know, the symbol of the S course on the chest is hope. And so she sees that because Zod's going to potentially kill billions, she's going to help uh, them fight Zod. And she does carry Barry up into the sky for him to get uh, electrocuted again. And he does get his powers back. So we're going to have two flashes, Batman and the Supergirl, and this is going to be our kind of makeshift Justice League to go take down this invasion. And this does lead to a really cool, exciting, big action piece where we do off to the, the desert, and they, they fight off Zod and his you know goons, and we do get the two big bads, too, from Man of Steel, you know, the bigger guy, and um, Zod's, like, girl assistant. But what was interesting was I don't I don't know her name, but yeah. um, what was interesting was you think they're gonna go in and gonna like win the day, but yeah. they don't. This is where we start to get really trippy with time. Is that you know obviously we kind of guessed already from the get go that the thing that attacked Barry earlier in that time travel force is a version of Barry. We just didn't really know how and and when yet. Over the course of this huge fight scene. We keep seeing that Zod, no matter what, always ends up killing Kara in some way or shape or form. Mm-hmm. And even Bruce Wayne at some point, shape or form, gets killed. So no matter what, no matter what these two berries do, they keep ending up in this position where the two of them are dying. And Barry, the younger Barry, at one point, the bigger dude like attacks him with one of his Kryptonian weapons and it like yeah. it stuck into him. So every time they go back into the time travel force, he's getting this, this Kryptonian shrapnel on this him. step. And we realize that if you keep doing that over and over again, he's going to turn into what this, this bean is that we have seen. And so this was a, it was an interesting ending in that it's not really a, it's not really like a, you know, final big bad boss fight scene. It's more of like a kind of coming to like terms, a, coming to terms, this, yeah. like a, what, what was, you know, what was the whole point of this and was saving my mother worth it? Mm-hmm. And we get this kind of a cool trippy moment where we see a bunch of these giant, you know, timelines that all exist the same, you know, place. And I, would, I thought it was unique that they did it through Superman's eyes. Cause they saw like the old black and white Superman. We got to see Christopher Reeve. We see the, what was supposed to be Tim Byrne directed Nicholas Cage, Superman. Um, I was kind of sad that they didn't at least have Henry Cavill in some way in that moment. I mean, there is some of him in the time travel stuff earlier in the movie, but I thought they'd have at least a moment of him, you know, standing there as Man of Steel. I mean, like, come on, man. 
I'm surprised was, I didn't get I'm surprised I didn't get Brandon Routh for a little little cameo. Yeah, uh, I mean, his. like just do all the Superman well, if you want, or, or even, even um, do other ones. Smallville. I'm surprised they didn't yeah. go other cameos. Like, okay, because there's the funny thing in the Flash show, um, Ezra Miller does in, make yeah. a cameo there, so it'd be cool to like bring that Flash there, mm-hmm. or bring if we're gonna do the Batman's, let's bring you know bring some other you know I, I'm just like have like old footage, and this is where the old footage thing comes instead of the CGI. You could have done footage from the old yeah. like. Tim Burton stuff. And they even kind of tease, like, I mean, it was, it was very, but they did tease like the old Adam West Batman. So I, 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 maybe again, like we said, their hands were tied. Like this is what we can do, what we can't do. And it's tough when you have a multiversal movie where you can literally reference everything. You're like, you can do this, this, and this, but not those, those, those. Yeah. So. And again, maybe because there was reshoots, you know, maybe there was a whole different ending they had planned. And then yeah. because this isn't really the future they're going with, they had to kind of change things up, but yeah, obviously this creature, it is the younger Barry. He's gone through so many, you know, he's been doing this for like ages and he's like much older and he's got like creepy eyes and he's just got all this shrapnel and metal around him. And, you know, he's like, I almost got it. It's almost perfect. I almost have it. It's like, you can it's like tell deranged no, version. Yeah, he's been no doing matter this how many times he's going to do it. You're going to fail. They're going to die. And so our older Barry kind of just realizes that the only way this can all be fixed is I have to let my mother die. Mm-hmm. That is the ultimate decision is as much as I love my mom and will always think of her, this path leads to all this chaos. So we do get this really sweet emotional scene where Barry goes back into that grocery store and he has this really funny like costume on. Like he just grabs a bunch of clothes and they all like tags. <laughs> he's got on all him. the tags, yeah, yeah. Um, but he has this like goodbye scene with his mom, and you know he just acts like some person that's emotionally you know damaged, and and she's just a sweet person. It's like come here and she do you want, hugs do you want him, a hug? Yeah, it's it's great. Consoles him, and using the speed force, he's able to take the tomato cans out again, and but not before noticing the cameras. The cameras. And this was a cool little bit because earlier Bruce Wayne in- enhances some text. They can see better visual of his dad in the grocery store, but he never looks up. So mm-hmm. even with the crystal clear picture, they can't officially prove that's him. When they do go to the court case later, you do see a moment where the dad does look up. So he's also he, mo- he moved the cans up. Yeah, so he- <laughs> up. so it was a clever little moment to obviously emotionally. Ezra did really well with this scene of you just feel the emotions of, of the weight of even after trying and all the chaos, he, he has to let his mom go and he does save his dad um, from the appeal, which is a, a great. But then we're not quite done with the what has happened with all of this because Barry's out on the street and he gets a call from Bruce Wayne. And the thing that I thought was kind of weird is if he's on a phone call with Bruce Wayne, you should have noticed his voice was different right then and there. Now, is it just me? Or did you notice it sounded like Ben Affleck's voice or Keaton's voice? Maybe that maybe that was the point was that maybe it was done that way so that he thinks it's not him. Yeah. But this, you know, rich car pops up and out comes George Clooney, um, <laughs> which was a great little like, oh, somehow in all this time travel, something else has changed. And earlier in the movie, there was the moment when they do the experiment uh, the first time in the laboratory when older Barry loses his powers, his tooth gets knocked out and he super glues it back in. And 
he's like looking at George Clooney and he's like, you're not Bruce Wayne. He's like, yeah, I am Barry. What's going on? And he just, he just starts smiling like, Oh God, what have I done? And this tooth falls out. And that's how the movie ended a great. And even like the credits were kind of Looney Tunes like, and it's just, you know, we do get a post-credit scene. I thought it was terrible. I really wanted more from it. And again, it also doesn't like, make it also doesn't make sense because this is the no. Arthur. This is the Arthur. So Arthur Curry, he's drunk at a bar and Barry's trying to help him out. This is the Arthur Curry we met in his first movie where he was just kind of a drunk, didn't really care. Same thing we met him in, you know, when we met him in the Justice League. And so by this point, he has kind of assumed the throne of Atlantis. He's, you know, taking his rightful place. And so it was almost like, is this, did he because he changed with the tomato cans and then, you know, we've, we've changed the Bruce Wayne, everything changes. Has he changed that? So, yeah, it was really weird because although we thought this is kind of closing the door, how it ends kind of leaves us wondering, wait, so what's, what's going forward with the flash. And I think where this movie leaves you in limbo more ways than one, especially if you've been following all these films. I mean, cause obviously we don't want to get into all the context, but with everything that's gone on with Ezra Miller outside of this film, a lot of people thought that this film would either not ever come out or that he, they should be fired, you know, moving forward as the flash. But the thing is you can't deny that they're really great in the role and there is a fun element to them. Now, James Gunn has talked about that. Some elements of casting are going to stay and some aren't. Mm -hmm. This of course pisses off people because it's like, I get you want to start with the younger Superman, but then why would, you know, why does Jason Momoa get to stay? Why would Ezra Miller get to stay? Why would, you know, Peacemaker get to stay? There's all this stuff where it's like, why are some things staying? Some aren't. You either do a full clean slate and just start over, or, you know, why would some, you know, stay and some don't? And even James Gunn's talked about like, there could be room for Henry Cavill to play a different character. I'm like, people don't want to see him in a different character. No. They want to see him as Superman. So, Again, at the end of the day, this film was entertaining. It was one of the better DCEU movies, but it just feels like a movie where you're like, this doesn't matter. And I feel <laughs> yeah. like and I feel like um, Aquaman's gonna be even worse. Um, you know, Aquaman two, we have that coming up. We have Blue Beetle first. Now, Blue Beetle is kind of the first character they're talking about as a new character of the DCU. So he will be one that will stay. Um, Superman Legacy is still considered the first full DCU film mm-hmm. but this character will be kind of the launching he, he made it up past the cutoff <laughs> you know which we're getting in august and then you know end of the year we're gonna get aquaman to the lost kingdom which was supposed to come out like a year ago so like they really postponed this but jason momoa has had meetings with james gunn is you know clearly it looks like they're going to continue him as aquaman it's just weird that why would he, some people get to stay and some don't yeah so I don't know. Unfortunately, also this movie just didn't open to extreme box office. I feel like if this movie had come out in a different era, you know, earlier, you know, a big problem with Justice League and DC was they rushed Justice League. They didn't do individual movies for every. No, we didn't get we didn't get Cyborg. We didn't get Flash. And so it kind of you know we didn't get Batman, really. And Cyborg was supposed to be a big part of this movie. And he is a big part in the Flashpoint comics as well. And. him and the Shazam family. And so, like I said, and, you know, before we did this recording, I said, uh, I think with the, the Shazam and with Black Adam, that kind of put a damper on this because they could have, Shazam could have been part of this film and it would have been really great, I think. Yeah. 
And even like, you know, with Shazam, we joked when we did that review, it was like his bits were like, he always meets members of the Justice League, but it's like just their neck down. Um, yeah. Until Gal Gadot had her obviously not filmed in the same place cameo. It's like all that buildup of like, is Zachary Levi staying on? And if so, who would he interact with? Because we miss all that humor. We never got to see him with any Justice League people. So mm-hmm. it's just all this potential that feels wasted. And it's unfortunate because I think, you know, Andy Muschietti is a fabulous director. He directed the hell out of this film. And he clearly, James Gunn really appreciates because he's moving on now to helm the brave and the bold. So he'll be directing the new iteration of Batman for the DCU, which is going to be exciting. Um, and I, I, I'm on board. I know you would love this because uh, mm-hmm. you're supernatural over here and uh, obviously loving the boys, but uh, there's a certain actor that people keep popping up as a potential. That's uh, right. Jensen Ackles will be a great Bruce Wayne and Batman. So we'll see. We don't know yet. We don't know confirmation yet of casting. Of course, that'll be a while from now, but I mean, this movie was fun. I really enjoyed it. I laughed so much. Like I was surprised was, how much I laughed. It was so much just dialogue, humor, one after another. Yeah, really good sight gags. Um, I felt a lot of good references. I mean, I watched it for the Flash. I also came for Keaton. I yeah. think it was great. Like Keaton may never don that, and I I would love if Keaton we did a Batman Beyond film where he's an older. There's still you know, but. For him, I know he had a great time, and there was a lot of good references to the, the Burton films with the Joker and all that. But uh, yeah, I agree. I think looking at this film for what it is, not even connecting it to the DCEU for for going all that, I'm gonna give this a solid. Uh, honestly, for especially of all the DC movies, I'm gonna give this a solid nine out of ten. I really thought for a Flash, this is the first official Flash movie we've gotten or received, and it's it was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, I, the only thing, you know, taking it down uh, a point would be, I thought the CGI for the amount of money they spent was too goofy and really not great, especially when we did the Barry and younger Barry. It was very noticeable. And I actually saw this twice and I was like, I even noticed it more the second time. So that would be my only gripe is that and maybe even not even having a post credits because it kind of threw it through it for a loop a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I'm going to say it's like an 8.5 out of 10. I really enjoyed this film the cgi takes it down a notch and just the potential i think that there could have been so much more potential of this film uh for cameos and different things and we got a fair amount but i wanted more but to see keaton back uh even some actors that we got back um you know some stuff that uh was teased and overall you watch this movie for ezra miller he excuse me they are fantastic uh in both these roles Mm-hmm. and the humor and the heart were there and i'd love to see more of this iteration of the flash but don't think we ever will so be curious to see what happens with the future of this uh, moving into the dcu um but there's also you know a potential of tv series i mean max is huge peacemaker did well so we never know but uh, you can continue to go see the flash now playing in theaters And that was this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. 
Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.